I want to welcome to the program here our friends from the Susan Hurt Hagen Center for Community Outreach, Research, and Evaluation. It's also known as CORE. It's at Penn State Barron. And uh, as we go from left to right on your radio dial, we welcome Dr. Sharice Nixon, and she's the Assistant Director of CORE. Welcome, Sharice. Thank you, Joel. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. We have Dr. James Hodge. He is the Director of CORE. Welcome, James. Thank you. We appreciate you being here. And the Director of Community Outreach, Andrea Beer. Hi, Joel. Thanks for having me. And like I said to my listeners earlier, I'm like, this is like, I, I, I'm allowed to have my friends on the radio. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I've known all of you guys for some some uh, number of years, probably Sharice the most, you know, probably 20 years plus that we've known each That's other. Right. And right. uh, and uh, let's get, it's a family show, so we'd like to get background stories. So. You didn't grow up in Erie, did you? I did not. I grew up in upstate New York, and then I went to college in Ohio, then West Virginia, then got a job in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I met my husband along the way, too. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so did you grow up in a small town, big town? or Small townish. It's about 40 minutes from Syracuse, Small, but it definitely is small townish. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say 40 minutes from Syracuse means that you were used to lake effects now. We had tons of snow, and I loved it. Yeah. Big enjoy ski. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. How about you, James? Uh, local or, or transplant? Yeah, sort of born in Erie, uh, high school down in Florida. Um, oop, yep. Yeah, come right up the on there. I'll, yeah. just, I'll come right up on the mic. <laughs> um, yeah, born in Erie, uh, spent some time down in Florida, uh, graduated okay. from Barrend. I uh, got my PhD up at the University of Vermont, and uh, I love that story. How, yeah. how how did that how did that come about? I watched The Sound of Music once, and <laughs> I was like, I need I need to be there. Uh, no, like Sharice, I love skiing, and uh, so wow. yep, right when I was applying to grad school. Uh, that was one of the locations that I visited and all the, the, the skiing uh, opportunities. I, I couldn't say no. So. And I bet you for family, it's like, I want to come visit James. You oh, know? absolutely. It let's was, go, uh, let's it's go a, ski It's trip. a beautiful place. Burlington mm. is a wow. really, really amazing city. Neat. And I uh, met my wife uh, along the way as well. And um, we moved back about a few, a few years now. And, and so we are rooted. We are rooted now in Erie and really glad to be here. I'm so glad that, that you came back. Uh, and, and Andrea, not so much Erie. Not from here originally, yeah. but Erie's home now. Absolutely. And uh, so I was born and raised in Ohio. I met my mm-hmm. husband in college, and he's from this area, and his right. whole family is from here. And so we came here um, when we got married. So I've been here over 16 years wow. and started out traveling for a job and actually considered moving at one point a few years into our marriage. And it was the considering moving when we looked around that I was like, why would we move? Yeah. After we started comparing all the great things that I had started taking for granted about Erie and realizing that none of the places we were looking at had all of those things in one place. And uh, then we became like, I always say we're Erie nerds now. Like we love it here <laughs> right. and we're staying forever. <laughs> that's, been, that, that's, that's the typical narrative that, you know, People from outside our community really understand what we have here. Mm-hmm. And we just have to believe them. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we are an amazing place, right? We are an amazing place. So yeah, the uh, you know, we're yeah, we're we're excited, we're on the job here. Um, so we want to talk about Penn State Core. Mm-hmm. And I've heard about I've heard that that term be for a long time, but really didn't know what it was. So what is the essence of 
this the Hagen Center for again community outreach research and evaluation. That's it's sounds a like a lot. Huh? Of, there's a and there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Like, like, there's a lot of we feel bad busy for, bees, for Jonathan you know? when he answers the phone. It's like thank you for calling the Susan Hurd Hagen you know Center for it's the longest right. uh, name name in the world. Um, yeah, so core Penn State Baron core uh, uh, for short. You know certainly uh, Miss Hagen had a had a large part of you know with her mm-hmm. gifts and. Uh, establishing our, our center along with our you know founder uh, Dr. Carl Calgren um, some some years ago, but uh, at its essence at core we we help youth and we help the community through uh, mentoring, training, and evaluation. Um, so if you take core the acronym and kind of split it in half, okay. right? So the first half is community outreach. So Andrea is our new director of community outreach. Um, and through that branch, we run a couple different mentoring programs. So informal mentoring, uh, PYD, right? So that is uh, run by Abby Bible, who does a fantastic job and is, has done so for years. Um, formal mentoring um, is the mentor project at Penn State Barrend, where we have trained college students and community um, mentors who work with middle school students all throughout uh, Erie County. I never, I didn't know that you did that at all. Yes, we did. We wow. do. Keep going. Do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did, and we do, and and, and we will. Um, uh, right. And then, and then our, and then our training arm as well. So we train uh, community members, uh, schools, nonprofits on what it means to be a good mentor, what what uh, effective uh, mentoring looks like. We're uh, um, partnering with the. Uh, Trauma Coalition to start uh, through a grant through the Community Foundation to start delivering uh, some of the trauma-informed trainings in the community as well, right? So that's kind of a, a brief elevator of our community outreach arm, and then uh, research and evaluation. We, um, you know, we research literally positive youth uh, development. Sharice uh, uh, is is an expert in the in the field of developmental psychology and studies, you know, resiliency and. Um, we, we focus a lot on growth mindset and grit, you know, constructs yeah. like that. And, um, our evaluation, um, folks will contract with us. So schools, private organizations, nonprofits, um, let's say they have a program or a curriculum that they think is going to, let's say, improve empathy in middle school students. Um, whether they're applying for a grant or they just want to know whether it works, they'll, uh, contract us to come in, design the study, collect the data, analyze the data. Um, and we share that with them, stakeholders, their board, uh, to really answer the question is what they're doing effective and if not it's not just sorry yeah. uh, we offer i think tangible um um uh, examples of ways in which they can pr- uh, improve upon what it is that uh, whatever it is that they're that they're doing so there's a lot going on i i, I gotta I, I, just just full disclosure i'm like in shock and tingling right now because <laughs> i'm exhausted no, from well, explaining it. It. <laughs> no but just the, the concept that we have this best practice engine you know, I mean, much, much like, you know, maybe another part of the Penn State campus where they're doing best practice in engineering. We have this best practice engine in in helping our kids live better lives. This is unreal. This is incredible. Thank you. And I think the other thing that James was referring to is that we we used to back in the day spend a lot of time looking at at risk factors. So it mm-hmm. started with teen pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Now, not that we don't address at risk, now we really focus on protective factors and we focus on helping our kids and our families and our communities and our schools create new culture and a new culture that's filled with protective factors such as empathy, gratitude, forgiveness, honesty, self-efficacy. Those are That's a different mindset when you compare that to our culture at large, if that's a way to say that, that emphasizes 
me that emphasizes the individual. And so we work really hard and particularly we work with middle school a lot right Mm -hmm. now. We're, we're going lower. Um, and we work with adults and college kids, but our middle schoolers struggle with egocentrism. So Mm -hmm. we have to really work hard to get them outside themselves. And so we do a lot of community projects for that reason. Wow. Okay. So, um, so you're doing this community outreach in this section of the, of the idea of the PYD and the, the, the mentoring project, informal and formal mentoring. Uh, Mentors means a lot of things to a lot of different people. What does it mean to you, Andrea? So the, First of all, let me just say, I'm going to back up a second. Yeah. You know that I've worked with Unified Erie for right. the last six years and really new to core. I've only been here a few months. Mm-hmm. But um, the transition for me was just really exciting because with Unified Erie for the last six years, um, I've been working with the Community Action Plan, which is the risk factors and the protective factors that we pull out of the PAYS data. And something that wasn't always uh, discussed as clearly, maybe, but was that really CORE has always been one of the leaders in the protective factors. That's what they've done. And so this tr- this change for me is going from mainly working on the risk to working on the protective, yeah, like yeah. Cherie said. So, so many of the things I got to work on uh, with Unified Erie are are translate into what I get to do now. The mentoring, um, the informal and the formal, informal is like positive youth development, these things where we're really using an evidence-based framework of the 40 assets, the 40 Mm -hmm. developmental assets from the Search Institute, and uh, helping people know Honestly, some of it feels like common sense, but mm-hmm. until you spell it out, sometimes people just take for granted and they're like, oh, I do that. Or I never thought about mm-hmm. that. I just kind of glossed over it. Well, let's unpack the 40 assets mm-hmm. for a second there, because, again, average Joe doesn't realize that basically through the, the through the what is the community care, mo- the community cares model, mm-hmm. the, this idea that they've been able to identify everything that a child needs to succeed or if it's if these risk factors are present, it's going to lead to trouble for that kid, mm-hmm. right? I mean, is is that a, is that a lay uh, explanation? So, yeah. so you're talking about the communities that care model, which right. is uh, here in Erie County and actually is promoted on a state level in Pennsylvania. The communities that care model takes the Pennsylvania Youth Survey, mm-hmm. and other states have their own version of that survey. And again, this is our kids filling out our this kids. survey in Erie County, saying this is what my life is like. Sometimes I feel sad. Sometimes I feel depressed. Sometimes I feel like I want to kill myself. And it checks on all of those mental health things. There's things in the public domain, things in the personal domain. And uh, they're able to extract that data. We have about 10 to 11 of the public school districts take that survey every other year. And so they can boil that data down and figure out, yes, what are the biggest risk factors that our kids in Erie County are facing? And then what are the missing protective factors that our kids in Erie County are lacking that they need? And back in our day uh, with Unified Erie, was we we went after three of the protective factors and three of the risk factors Absolutely. to try to mitigate uh, things that were especially issues here in Erie County. Yeah, and that's still happening. Unified yes. Erie is still working Absolutely. on those and they update those da- uh, those um, those actual focus areas based on when the new survey data comes out. And so that's still going on. That's the communities that care model. Mm-hmm. The 40 developmental assets dovetails with that, but um, the communities that care model has probably only uh, 19 probably risk factors or something like that. The 40 developmental assets is uh, based on research out of the Search Institute. And how many years has that been around? 
number of years. Many yeah, years. Uh, decades. Yeah. And this is, uh, they, they basically can identify these 40 assets mm-hmm. that kids need to succeed. Okay. Very similar and actually overlays very mm-hmm. uh, clearly and very well with the protective factors from the Pennsylvania Youth Survey, but they are two different frameworks. So a caring mom or, gr- or grandparent uh, can can download these this yes. checklist and say, okay, this is what's happening with my kids. I see this being lacking. I see this kid doing well in this. Go ahead. And, and, and that's the beautiful thing uh, to me about this, this framework, this asset framework is you can have a caring mom, a caring teacher, a caring cafeteria worker, a caring crossing guard. It doesn't matter. You don't need a special degree or special training. It's this lens uh, with which you, you view and interact with uh, with youth, it, it can be as simple as um, having a, a kid walk by and you look him in the eye and you say, good morning. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Yeah, right? right. You know, that could be the most positive thing that kid has heard wow. all week. Right. Yeah, and yeah, it's really building awareness uh, in in the community. And, and uh, United Way has been a longtime backer of, of PYD and, and the work that we do uh, uh, through that. But it, it's it's breaking down. It's broken down into the internal and the external assets. External assets you can kind of think of as are like tools that kids we can build into youth that they can kind of have in their toolbox. Internal assets are things that they would get from being exposed to adult uh, positive role models, right? right? And we know that the more assets that youth have, the more likely that they are to thrive and the less likely they are to be uh, influenced by by risk factors. Our own data um, that we've gathered, mostly at, at Union City, we have a longstanding relationship with Union City School District. Uh, we're finding that over the years, the number of assets in those youth have increased. That's that's great. Um, but why is it important? It's important mm-hmm. uh, because we also have data, correlational data, but showing that the extent to which those kids have more assets, uh, the better they're doing in school, the less likely they are to get in trouble, uh, the less likely they are to miss school, um, right? So it's it's really sort of dovetailing on to sure. these to these risks uh, and and protective factors, and uh, that's pretty nice to to see. So what Abby does then is what. She's in the trenches. So I mean, she, Abby's amazing. Yeah, and yeah, I know right. she was already she on the show. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, yes. Abby actually, so she does hands-on work in Union City. They actually contract directly uh, with us to have her there a certain number of hours. And then the rest of the county, she basically provides uh, direction, assistance for the PYD groups in different schools. And helping out with different community and school directors. Yes. And okay. really, yep. she's she is just a wealth of phenomenal information and experience and she's so great with the kids and she's yeah she's amazing mm-hmm. so you, you go to a community school let's say in the city mm-hmm. and they're using the the positive youth development curriculum and and assets to to guide these kids to do this informal mentoring is that accurate yeah we're, we're hoping to continue to grow you know with the nearest public schools now we are a community school lead partner core and penn state baron to iroquois elementary school oh, okay. so we so work with right them with quite a iroquois. bit yep yep carrie grandy mm-hmm. uh the community school director um over there but um yeah abby i think sort of serves a she's kind of like a community school director in Union City. It's right, sort of yeah, funny how okay. she operates there, but I think serves as a nice supplement uh, for the community school directors, you know, in, in, in the schools to sort of help them, um, you know, program some some PYD activities, okay. asset building uh, uh, programming, right, so that we can hopefully start to see the, the same data um, that, we're, that we're experiencing in, in Union City. So does this all fit, James, with like all of the other youth programs that are out there whether it is the police athletic league or yeah i mean again we 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 hear about all of these different things that are outreaches to youth you're the ymca teen center i mean i mean at what point 
is it just like all hands on deck? How whatever the kid gets gravitated to, that's all good. It doesn't it doesn't have to be systemized and all coordinated. Mm -hmm. I just want to know, you know, are we are we able to cover most every kid? Are you speaking about in Erie? Yeah, in Erie County. Yeah, I think one of the things just to clarify too, and I think it's a good question, Joel. PYD or positive youth development is like a lens. It's mm-hmm. instead of a program. So mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a set of glasses you wear that instead when you look at a kid, instead of focusing on what's wrong with the kid, you focus on what's right and you build. Not that you don't address the at-risk stuff, but but you really focus there. And I think we are the, the other thing that, that that's a little bit different is that our niche is really in being a culture changer. And so we use mentoring as the vehicle of change from across generation and within. And so we really truly believe that in order for our kids to change, they've got to find a way to give back. And they're only going to find a way to give back if we give them the opportunities to do that. And so we are big in the training business because we want to teach people how to fish. Okay. Uh, we want others to be able to do it too. And I think just something also to be said in listening to James and Andrea, when you think about the 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 the, the pays survey, the trends that we have are matching the national trends. And the national trends are, when you spoke before, Joel, the depression is going up, mm-hmm. the anxiety is going up, oh, yeah. and the suicidal behavior, particularly among females nationally, is going up. And so our center is rooted in research. We've got to be able to, to look at those numbers to test and then to figure out ways to address that. And then alongside that, I think, you know, because James and Andrew were both talking about connection, fostering connections. Guess what's gone down over the last 10 years? It's empathy. Mm. And so when I think about all the technology we have and I think about all of the things our kids have at their fingertips. Screen time. Are we helping them? To make meaningful connections. That's like the sixth show. This is like the sixth show that the whole technology thing has come up as as a as a, a really bad thing for our kids. Whether whether we're talking about uh, you know the the charter schools and we did the with the homeschoolers and we we talked about uh, trauma when we talked. Uh, my brother Jeff, you know, is is a big anti tech person connie my sister connie i mean like i mean the just you know uh, rick scaletta i mean this just keeps on coming up and up and up that the that the idea of technology even though we are embedded in it it has been a real kind of escalator of trauma for these children and for isolation. some of these children mm-hmm. and in isolation. isolation but i think you know i think we want to be clear technology can be used for good I mean, right. sure. I, i've seen i've seen websites that actually only post positive um, messaging but most of our kids aren't exposed mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. so wow. we're talking to our friends from core from penn state core here um if you have a question or comment 679 1080 so all right so um we have this community outreach piece again we're doing this informal mentoring uh 
talk a bit about the formal mentoring. Are there act, are you recruiting volunteers or is it college students that, are, that it's part of their coursework? What is that? Yeah, so that's the mentor project uh, at Penn State Barron. So Mary Barrett is our mentor project coordinator, and uh, uh, Nate McGee helps out uh, with that. And and Cherie certainly has had a, a long standing uh, you know uh, relationship with the mentor project. But it's really it's it's interge- intergenerational. Uh, mentoring, right? So it's training our college students. So Sharice teaches a course. We alternate. I teach a course um, where we have college students that sign up and learn about, uh, you know, the construct of positive youth development and effective mentoring. These are psych and social work majors. What are they? Um, no, we uh, any anybody. And, and just okay. just to to um, build on that. We actually just wrote a course for the Penn State mm-hmm. system that's called the Science of Resilience, and mm-hmm. that means um, this is going to count as a gen ed for science mm-hmm. as yeah. well, because we're talking about re- it's a science of resi- I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. We have to get we want kids, students from any academic. We, background. we want engineers. Mm-hmm. We want biologists. We want all kids to understand the science. And then what we do is we give them the opportunity to practice those skills with the kids. And mm-hmm. so Mary right now is working with, I believe, five to seven sites. Ten, uh, ten next ten, semester. Ten, ten yep, sites. Yep. And um, from schools to Rosemary Lackey's. Um, yeah, the so, Urban University. Urban yeah, University. Yeah. So, so um, mm-hmm. we're really at a point where in order we, we love to serve in that capacity. Our students go in, but you have to have community members. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what we really need is, mm-hmm. and we train them. You don't have to mm-hmm. have any background, but community members members to come into that school or that setting once a week mm-hmm. and to work with us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, and you guys have been, I mean, Shree, especially you've been in the, in the university field for a long time. I just, I just have to ask this question, right? Because one of the biggest beefs that I'm hearing from the boomers is the lack of resiliency in our millennials. So are you seeing that even in the student, I mean, in in your university classroom, your university students, how are they doing on the scale with grit and resiliency? Boy, what a great question, mm-hmm. Joel. I can tell you the students with whom we work, and we work closely. It's not like we don't see these guys because we we mentor with them, we do mm-hmm. research with them, um, we do bullying prevention with them. Our students are rock stars. Yeah, yeah and I don't, yeah, I don't want to. Pay- oh, no, 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 no. Right. I get it. I get it. Uh, but but the students that we work with. I mean, we'll have some students mm-hmm. that struggle, uh, but the majority of them know the bar's here. Mm-hmm. And for them to succeed mm-hmm. and to excel, they got to get there. And I think a beauty about uh, some of those constructs is they can be taught, right? Growth mindset, grit. We can we can teach those things. And I think anecdotally, Coping when, when, strategies. You, when you look at our college students day one of the semester versus the end of the semester after two years of working with us at core, it, it is amazing to see how resilient they become and, and how much they uh, approach things with with a growth mindset. So I think there's evidence that they're improving upon those over time. You got 20 seconds. Go. Go. I was just going to say, as the newbie watching, I've watched watched and did interviews and the college students said exactly they reiterated themselves that they learned while they were teaching and mentoring again yeah i mean talk to any um foreman uh, on 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 uh, you know in any shop talk to you know some some parent who's trying to pass off his uh his uh, job you know maybe his electrician's uh, um you know trade to his kids and that's the that's the thing that you hear is that you know we we kind of raised a generation that needs a little boost of resilience and grit and sounds like um 
We're trying to catch up with that, with uh, these young ones. I'm Joel Natale, and we are here with Dr. James Hodge. He is the director of the Susan Hurt Hagen Center for Community Outreach Research and Evaluation. With uh, James is Dr. Sharice Nixon, the assistant director of CORE, and the director of community outreach, Andrew Beer. Again, this is old home week for me. I've known these people, some of them for decades, and uh, I love them, and I'm glad that they're here. And so, uh, and, and we're talking about important stuff because we're talking about the future and the present of our children. Mm-hmm. And if, if, again, if I can lay, lay explain what CORE does is that it is basically generating um, connection and, and uh, best practice so that the people that are on the front lines with our kids can do the very, very best by our kids. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want that, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, let, let, you know, we were talking about um, yeah, the, the mentoring, uh, you know, informal mentoring that happens through the positive youth development. And really, again, it's, it's like groups that are happening in these schools, right, yes. Andrea? I mean, Absolutely. You, you know, and so whether it is at a community school, you know, formally mm-hmm. or, or, you know, something that Ad, Abby Bible does at, at Union City. And are there, are some of the other county schools kind of picking this up? Absolutely. There's quite a few schools across Erie County that participate in positive youth development and they really just need, all it takes is one caring adult in that school. It doesn't have to be a teacher. It could oh, be the okay. janitor. It could be, uh, it could be a librarian. It could be someone who's just willing to be the advisor. And then the kids basically uh, get training through Abby and they get a little bit of training on the assets and then they get to help decide what their school needs, what kind of activities will promote those assets in their school. And these are like middle school and high school clubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Very cool. And then there's this formal mentoring the, what you're calling it the mentoring project mentor project mentor project and that is using university students and other caring individuals to really make that one-on-one and again you hear mentoring all the time james mm-hmm. you know i i hear it in the context of uh you know of, of different contexts you know all throughout you know going to the all those eerie together programs mm-hmm. you know whether it's mentoring somebody out of poverty or mm-hmm. you know mentoring somebody at you know on uh coming back from prison or what mm-hmm. have you mm-hmm. this is mentoring for children for middle school kids right yeah yeah and we so we we follow so again we utilize a team of trained uh college students and community members um, and they go into the school and they teach a, a socio-emotional curriculum. So it's the RAPS curic- uh, curriculum, Relationships or Pathways to Success. Everything's an acronym. Everything's an acronym. Might as well be in the days. Army. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but again, uh, something that uh, these things that Therese mentioned earlier, right? we're, we're teaching things like uh, grit, growth mindsets, uh, you know, trying to build into their self-esteem, their self-efficacy. Um, so there's, you know, it, it, it's different from uh, PYD in that there is sort of a, it's more structured. There's, sure. there's a curriculum. There's, again, kind of a small team team that we try to surround uh, the the youth with. The beautiful thing about the community mentor piece is, um, you know, a number of our students will stay for the full academic year, um, but sometimes just because of their class schedules, you know, they can only commit to a semester. Uh, We know that um, an an aspect of mentoring that can be somewhat uh, deleterious is is if there's constant turnover, right? Oh, if yeah. these youth, if they can't build a relationship. Absolutely. So the nice yeah. thing about uh, schools uh, when they're able to recruit the community mentors is that's the constant piece, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Even if there's a college student that rotates semester through semester, that caring adult, that, that community mentor out of the goodness of their heart that's going into the school to mentor the youth, there, there's that there's that consistency that I think uh, is is uh, is necessary, right? And 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 I think is really terrific. 
effect. So uh, beyond the community outreach piece is this research and evaluation piece. And I, I would imagine that we're researching, among other things, the if we're achieving the outcomes through these outreach pieces, right? And then you're evaluating and tweaking and so on, right, Sharice? Right, or, and mm-hmm. I'm Go gonna, yeah. um, just in terms of the research, I think it's really important that everything we do is based upon the research. And so just as an example, our students, um, we try to give our students opportunities to present, uh, present whether it's in the state or different different places. And we uh, conducted research with them. They ran the analyses with us and uh, we have done a lot of work with bullying prevention. And so um, we looked at kids who were uh, physically bullied, but these were middle school kids and most of the middle school kids were relationally victimized. And so gossiped about excluded, whatever it may be. And we, and we measured their trauma and we found that those kids were more traumatized. That wasn't a big story for us, but the work we do in core, we want to be able to figure out what are those mediating factors that might explain that relationship. Because if we could figure that out, Joel, we can then promote that construct and try to reduce the trauma because our kids are experiencing a lot of trauma. And what we found just two and a half weeks ago, it was hope. It was the kids' hope levels. And if we can grow hope just like we grow intelligence because Mm -hmm. it's growth mindset, if we could grow hope, we could actually reduce, theoretically, reduce the trauma associated with being victimized and that's exciting all right so crusty crusty joel says how the heck do you grow hope it's a mindset we typically mm-hmm. think of hope as this warm fuzzy thing but it's not it's a cognition and because it's a cognition it's all programmed and so we can actually find ways based on science yeah to actually grow kids hope levels i find this interesting the two third tale of two thursdays here shane <laughs> Last Thursday, we're talking about the trauma-informed community. What's the definition of trauma? When people lose hope. Ah. The, the, they lose hope so they can no longer cope. Mm-hmm. And, and so what you're saying is, well, we've got to... We've got to do some hope transplants. We've got to we've got to build into well, because it can dis- it can disrupt that pathway. It, it does. Another thing mm-hmm. you're getting in a, in at, Joel, you can control it. You we want mm-hmm. kids to know that is something they have control over. They don't just I have no hope. There's no hope for me. There's nothing because really what we're not talking about here, but we're talking about here is is meaningful existence existence and why am i living why am i here which is why we also look at purpose mm-hmm. we want kids to feel like they are contributing to something and they have there's a purpose here for them because that's building their efficacy and mm-hmm. building their connection and i'm and again i'm hearing echoes andrea to to the 40 assets to unified area to the whole idea of, of kids when they when they feel like they do something and nobody notices yes. and 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 all and all that stuff that we've all been talking about for years yeah that whole uh, community opportunities and community rewards for post-social involvement that right. that was uh you know, that whole idea that I can do something good and nobody notices. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, those are the things that Unified Erie has been working to address and that positive youth development. And well, let's talk about hope. I mean, I think about, you know, why kids go down bad paths, whether it is joining a gang or or or, you know, a network, we used to call them, um, you know, or or, you know, choose drugs or alcohol or choose, you know, premarital sex or whatever the kind of the antisocial behavior that we're trying to guard against is is that is that because hope is no longer alive 
The way I like to think about it is, and this is a simplistic way to think about it, but the research is clear is everybody has four basic needs. And the four basic needs are ABCs and me. Everybody has the need to be accepted, to belong, to feel like they have some control over something. And the ME, ABCs and me, is meaningful existence. But what we know from the research is those kids can get those needs met constructively or destructively. Joel, when you're talking about your networks, that could be a destructive way to feel like you belong, to feel accepted, to feel like I have control over something and, and to feel like I live for a purpose. And As so, opposed to joining the robots club or something, you know, right? I mean, which is a bit, a bit of a positive thing to, but, to belong to. Right. But even, you know, going back to social media, our Adolescents, and I'm speaking of people up to about 25, mm-hmm. if you think about the brain science, yeah. work so hard at impression management, only posting this shiny mm-hmm. uh, persona yeah. that they have it all together when in actuality, they're, they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They need connection. But then people don't want to reach out because they look like they have everything. Mm-hmm. So it's they're not getting needs met. And that's the problem too, I think with the technology and the screen time that we were talking about, right? We have, um, you know, these middle school, high school students, even college students. I think a lot of times they're, they're, um, they're conceptualizing their self, uh, by looking outward and scrolling through. And, and again, someone's posting, it's two seconds of their entire day, that that rosy image that, you know, my life is wonderful. We don't see the other, you know, 23 Mm -hmm. hours and, you know, but, but it's just, um, I, I think that can be a dangerous piece to, to the technology and to the screen time that it's sort of, um, it, it, it builds this, uh, this, this image that isn't very realistic. And then there's, there's, there's these comparisons. And I absolutely think that's a factor that's contributing to these mental health. And I think what James is pointing out is, is a really good point. Because those ABCs in me, although they're across the lifespan, even grandma, even your, your toddlers doesn't really matter. But our adolescents, our teenagers, mm-hmm. that need for acceptance has taken mm-hmm. a front seat. And so they're going to do whatever they can do to feel like they're accepted by their peers if mm-hmm. we don't provide them with other opportunities. But, but haven't we dealt with this in every generation? I mean, I know we haven't had the technology but sure, I wanted to be liked when I was a kid. And, you know, I mean, you know, experience some modical, uh, you know, amount of bullying because I was 4, 11 in eighth grade. I mean, I was a little, little tyke, you know, I mean, like, I, I just, I just, but what, one of the other conversations we've had here is me and my sibs, we won the lottery because my parents were together and, you know, my dad worked and he supplied for our family and it was a loving home. And 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 so we there's a, the additional socioeconomic things that kids are trying to cope with mm-hmm. so that they can hang on to hope. Right. And so you're looking really at the whole system, Joel. Mm-hmm. What you're speaking about is the whole ecological system, is that it's not just about doing one thing. And mm-hmm. so when we talk to parents, when we talk to teachers, we all have to step up. We all have to step up to to actually build into someone else's life and whatever that looks like. But it has to be intentional. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we have to share when we make mistakes. And we have to kind of let people, and that's vulnerable, let people mm-hmm. know. Uh, how that looks. Someone said, well, what's the difference between empathy and sympathy? And and this has been researched. Empathy is feeling with someone, being willing to sit next to somebody and feel their stuff, their joy, yeah. where sympathy is like, 
Sorry, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks to be you. Yeah. 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 The, um, this really, again, connects to our trauma conversation last week insofar as, uh, you, you know, when you're, when you are that caring adult, the idea of knowing, uh, of asking the question, um, uh, what happened to you? Mm-hmm. You know, um, instead of what's wrong, what's mm-hmm. what's wrong, mm-hmm. what happened to you to try to mm-hmm. to really unpack, to give them some kind of a route out to be able to express and um, and and come back and cope. Right. Yeah. And I think also what we're what we want to be clear is that we need to hold everybody accountable, ourselves included. Mm-hmm. And we need to challenge the growth, challenge them. But as we had a training yesterday with Erie Insurance, that challenge. Has to be wrapped in relationship. Mm-hmm. That's genuine and, and meaningful. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that piece, you can't challenge. You can't give somebody feedback that they're going to go, oh, please give me some more. Right, right. So I think that's really important. Let, let me get us back on track just for a second as far as understanding, you know, when you do this evaluation, when you're creating um, these these modules or whatever curricula or whatever they are uh, to help those frontline people, um, how do you know if it's good stuff uh, if it's meeting your goals, your objectives, or you know what, you need to tweak it. I mean, I mean that's that's the evaluation part, right? Sure. I mean, so, so how do you evaluate? What are you doing? It's, it's the data, right? So there are a number of uh, uh, questions that you can ask, validated measures uh, to try to uh, target certain constructs that we're trying to move the needle on, right? So there are measures about you know growth mindset, grit, resiliency. Uh, questions that you can ask and you see if there are any differences, you know, kind of what we would call pre post change. So, uh, uh, you know, from baseline, from time one uh, through the end of the semester, are we are we moving the needle on some of these um, attitudes, some of these cognitions? And then hopefully, if that's the case, uh, right, attitudes predict behavior, we should start to see changes in behavior, changes in things such as performance in school, um, uh, you know, behavioral problems, right? So we we collect those data, but also in close contact with the schools to try to map on uh, what we're seeing and say, hey, are you seeing any changes in in grades and behavioral referrals in truancy and dropout, right? To, to try to, uh, to map on. So I think there's multiple lev- levels with which we can sort of measure effectiveness of of programs, and that's our program or or any program that we you know would evaluate in the community. When we when we talk about maybe under resourced uh, populations, it would seem to me, and again, just rebuke me if I'm wrong on this, but it seemed to me that'd be easier to kind of to identify some of the the big swings in the data. But I'm more concerned, uh, not more concerned, but I'm equally concerned mm-hmm. about you know the kids that live in the in the nicer neighborhoods and in the in the more the better resourced schools. And those tend to be, unfortunately, like we saw on Tuesday, those are where we are seeing violence mm-hmm. and we're seeing a lot of the cyberbullying. I mean, that, it's like resource bad acting, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, do your indicators show, will they, can they be prescriptive of, you know what, we got to watch out for this kid because he's not, is, or is that, just, is, is, that a, a, is that an accurate question? I think what you're asking, and maybe not asking, but trying to get at is could we profile could we profile somebody that maybe. maybe that may be really struggling and i think we need to be very careful that we don't label kids sure. um, how however joel do we want to look at indicators that someone is struggling do we want to look at indicators where someone doesn't have a positive group to belong to that someone doesn't isn't connected to a caring adult? Of course, of course, I would say absolutely. We want to look at that for someone who's talking about um, 
hurting animals, um, right. wanting to end their life, whatever it may be. But I think we've got to be really careful not to label kids mm-hmm. because that is not helpful. The research very is very, very clear about that. Well, that's that's good to know. We're, again, we're talking to our friends from CORE. If you have a question, this, this is uh, a pretty... Uh, incredibly incredibly uh, large conversation that we're having here that because it is the the mission of of core of, of this community outreach and this uh, you know this research and this evaluation is so critical to uh, to the health of our children My, our number here at the at the radio station is 6791080679101080 or you can always send an email to joel at talkerie.com okay so uh, uh, we'll we'll get off for a second, and and you're we're excited about some of the new digs that are that are being developed for you all. I'm going to yeah. totally pivot because uh, this has been an intense conversation here. We'll get back to it if we have a little bit of time. But um, there's some major investments happening for Core uh, with that old building. Yeah. Um. So it was just announced, I think, a, a couple weeks ago that uh, through a combination of uh, private support and uh, support from from the university. Uh, Core gets a new home uh, in in a couple nice. years. So the federal house uh, is a as a, a building was built in 1838. I think it's the the oldest structure in, in Harbor Creek um, um, on campus, right by the Bayfront. Okay, and so uh, through the gift, there's going to be a, uh, a sort of preservation and uh, expansion of um, that federal house structure, and then sort of a wing that will house. Um, everything that that we do, right? A lot of the times when we're working with space is a is a very real problem yeah. uh, for us right yeah. now. So a lot of times when we're working with clients and we're trying to interact with youth, we always have to take the show on the road. Um, gotcha. Yeah. You know, unless we go in the garage or in the back garden, there's not. You know, we don't really have uh, much room. This allows us, I think, for the first time, to really bring stuff home um, and to interact with the community and, and with youth in, uh, in different ways. And, and, and I think some more meaningful ways, I, I think it, it uh, I think it, it's going to open the door to new, new possibilities and allow us to ask new questions. Um, we're really just really blown away still. I still haven't yeah. fully, uh, digested that, but I, I just, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, truly, I think going to reshape a new chapter of core, you know, for, for years to come, and we're very excited to kind of be in a landmark location on the already beautiful campus, right, sure. at Penn State Barron, and um, it just it's going to open a lot of doors, and it it uh, really means a lot that it's going to be our new house. New I home. would I would think that more is going to be asked of Core, insofar as 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 we kind of go through mm-hmm. this, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean that that uh, because we're just getting smarter about our kids, right? We're getting mm-hmm. smarter about understanding what's happening with our children uh because of uh, you know all the work that's been done over the decades with with core and and other programs but uh you know we want to bring you know strong social science we want to bring strong um you know remediation to what ails our kids and so it would i would it seems to me that um you know if if this is kind of going to be the the center point mm-hmm. for a lot of the, you know, kind of the, the R and the R and D mm-hmm. arm of, of children's based social science. That's mm-hmm. what it seems like mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. 
We're yeah, working on yeah. it. And, I, and I mean, I, I, so, so two comments that, that kind of come to mind as I think about, you know, fast forward to two years when we're yeah. in this new, beautiful uh, building, two things come to mind, right? So one, um, again, this building was built in 1838. Um, it uh, was a safe house for uh, slaves traveling uh, the Underground Railroad, right? If you sort of imagine uh, that time and what that house uh, stood for, it stood for hope. Uh, it stood for opportunity, right? And uh, so we're, we'll be in, what, 2021, though uh, climate is, is radically different. I think a lot of the things that we've been talking about, we're trying to build hope and opportunity, right? So though it looks different, I think at the core, uh, some pun intended, uh, of, of what we're doing, like within those walls, it's, it's, we're, we're going to sort of continue uh, the, the legacy of that building. And that, that kind of gives me chills. It's, it's yeah, uh, yeah, uh, really, really rewarding. And, and I think the other thing that excites me about this building is um, the new opportunities uh, that, will, uh, that it will afford to, to work with uh, different community organizations. So I'll say this. Uh, Core is housed within a community in Erie that like folks are fired up about Erie in a good way. They're fired up about our youth. And and, and so are we. We couldn't do uh, what it is that we do if it weren't for the number of nonprofits and organizations that want to create a better future for our youth. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just lucky to be a, a, a part of that team. Right. And, right. and to be uh, leveraging on the different resources, uh, you know, that are out there and, and, and really to be surrounded uh, with a community that, again, that is trying to do so much to make Erie a better version uh, of, of itself. And, and I wow. think this opens uh, a lot of new possibilities uh, for us. And that, that's it's exciting. And I would say, too, we're positioned to. You know, we already are a lead partner on community schools. And that's what I was thinking when you were talking about this, you know, where we're going and what's expected of us. I think we expect a lot of ourselves sure. that we mm -hmm. we are we are trying to uh, prepare and beef up. And, you know, I'm new to the team, but figure out how do we best serve? How do we best take the the resources and the access we have to these brilliant minds and this data and this research and best practices that we know exist other places? And how do we best serve our community and these mm -hmm. nonprofits and mm -hmm. these and specifically this community schools model mm, and right. United Way right. has just taken a leadership role in that way. Mm -hmm. How do we support that as best we can? And those are the questions we're asking of ourselves because we expect a lot of ourselves. Right, sure. <laughs> Last minute and a half. Be aspirational. You know, what what does uh, the general um, narrative sound like from what's coming out of our middle schools about the resiliency and the health of our children. What's it look like in, in five years? I would say it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time because the middle schools with whom we work, uh, they are, we are building an infrastructure with them that they build into their youth and their youth are soaring. And so we need to just come alongside them. We need to, to find a way to, for everyone to be part of that journey, not just the teachers, not just the parents. It is a village. Mm -hmm. Anyone else weigh in? We've got like one minute left. Well said. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree. <laughs> well, we are just so grateful that you, you that you've come on to explain this, and 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 again, you know, I love when I learn, you know, and 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 especially when I'm like blown away by the learning, and so. What y'all are doing really is phenomenal. And, and we, we are, as a community, at least as a community member, I'm grateful that you're here 
and and, and that you're helping kids. And and it, it sounds like it, you know it it started in an at you know with an at risk. And again, we have to continue to pay attention. Sure. But every kid has some connection, you know, to trauma, some connection to bullying, some connection to, you know, lacking some grit and, and, uh, and uh, resilience. And if we can turn that flywheel around, we'll be a better community, period. And Joel, what we didn't say is that the mentors, we also measured them, Mm. their self-efficacy grew from time one to time two. So everybody benefits. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so maybe, maybe our teachers are more resilient from the from the stress that comes. Our college the, students, our college are, students mm-hmm. are more mm-hmm. more resilient, and so and we makes us a more resilient community. 